Thanks for joining us. The following is a presentation of Ignite Global Ministries and features the teaching of Pastor Ben Dixon. Pastor Ben has a vision of strengthening the church to impact the world. He serves as lead pastor at Northwest Foursquare Church in Federal Way, Washington. We're on a mission with, as Northwest Church with Jesus to see the lost saved and disciples made. And um, we talked about reaching up to God in prayer. And today we're going to talk about reaching out to others in the love, truth, and power of Jesus. So if you could open your Bibles with me to Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. And my message is entitled, A Church That Reaches Out. So if you can turn to your neighbor, if you have a neighbor at home and say, a church that reaches out. So Mark 16, verses 15 through 16. And he, that's Jesus, said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Now, these are some of the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. And often this is referred to as the Great Commission. And in this passage, Jesus commands us to go and share the gospel with all people. Now, the ultimate goal of reaching out to others is to share the gospel with them so that they know who Jesus is, what he has done for them, and so that they too can believe in Jesus and have eternal life. So we reach out to others with the gospel of Jesus so that no one will perish. James Taylor, a British missionary in the 1800s said, the great commission is not an option to be considered, it is a command to be obeyed. And when we talk about reaching people, we have to acknowledge that it's multifaceted. Jesus reached out to people in many different ways through provision, healing, deliverance, through teaching and preaching, through prophesying, sometimes caring words or compassionate works, a loving touch, and there are probably many more. And for us to advocate that there's one way of reaching out or one way is the best way would really be out of balance. But we, I think we can all agree on the fact that we need to reach out to people with the gospel of Jesus, no matter what it takes. That's, that's the command. And so if our goal is to reach people in the name of Jesus, then everything at our disposal becomes an instrument of God's work through our lives. I want you to think of your kids for a moment. Uh, my husband and I, we have three kids. And um, have you ever gone through a rough patch with one of your kids? Maybe watch them go through a difficult time or maybe someone else's kid. And maybe you wanted to do something for them and your go-to is encouragement. So you go to them and you encourage them with words, but it's not really reaching them. And then do you stop there or do you maybe go in prayer and ask the Lord, what, what can I do to reach my child to help them go through this difficult time? And in some cases, we're willing to try many different things, depending on how bad the situation is, to reach, um, reach, reach their lives or to help them get through this. And um, I want to personalize that. Um, I have permission for my daughter to share this, but one of our kids um, was going through a really difficult time with depression. And we were trying exactly that, just encouraging her, saying, you can do this, you know. Um, we got you, we're helping you. And it really wasn't reaching her. And so we went to the Lord in prayer and said, "What, Lord, how, how can we reach out to her and help her through this difficult time? And 
um, the Lord showed us some things to, you know, um, let her see a counselor to maybe change some of her lifestyle habits, better sleep and and a healthier diet and maybe exercise to get those happy hormones going. And um, and it worked, what, 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 you know, through prayer and the different things that we did, but it took different ways to approach, different approaches to really reach her and, 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 and see her through that. And um, we need to think this way when considering our mission of reaching out to others. Ultimately, our goal is to see the lost saved and disciples made no matter what it takes. Isn't that right? And so today I want to share three ways in that, um, that we can partner with the Lord to reach people. And then at the end, I want to share some of the opportunities we have here at Northwest Church where you can help us to reach others. So my first point is we reach others by being a good example. As Christians, we must live a life above reproach. We reveal Jesus not only just in what we do, but how we do it. And this really starts in our homes, is how we behave at home with our family, with our friends, consistent with how we behave in public, in our jobs, with strangers. Does our, our character reflect the character of God? In a world that is often fueled by fear and anger, we as Christians can stand out by the way we act and react. Now, I'm not talking about perfection. Nobody is perfect but God. I think we're all works in progress. But the question is, are we growing to become more and more like Christ in our conduct and in our speech? And I'd like you to turn to 1 Peter 2, verses 11 through 15. Um, with me, and hopefully I can hear those pages at home um, flipping or just you um, looking through your Bible. So First Peter 2, 11 through 15, and if you don't have your Bibles ready, it should be up on your screen. And it says in here, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Now, a little bit of background to the book of Peter. It was written by Peter <laughs> to believers, both Jews and Gentiles, and really kind of at the beginning of a very harsh persecution by um, the Emperor Nero around AD 63-64. And Peter was encouraging the believers to live a Christ-like life, even in the midst of difficulties, persecution, and suffering. And what Peter is saying to the believers here in this letter, he's saying that their life, they should live a life in such a way that um, it can be an example to, to the non-believers, to the Gentiles, that it will speak to non-believers. And there are really several reasons why living a life that exemplifies the character of God is important when we witness to people. Living a godly life full of the spirit, of the fruits of the spirit, can draw someone to the Lord. They see the way we live, perhaps by the way we, we love them or by the way how kind we are, how patient we are. And they want to know why we live this way and sometimes an opportunity to share the gospel may arise. 
my children attend public school and a lot of their friends come from broken homes or dysfunctional homes and we love having their friends over. I love just talking to them, getting to know them, maybe share a meal with them, maybe play some board games with them. And um, because we, I believe that just being in our family can witness to them by the way that we, we live our lives. Maybe they hear the worship music that's playing in the background or they witness us praying before dinner or they see how my husband and I inter interact with each other with love and respect or they see how we discipline our kids in love, not in anger. Well, most of the time anyway. Um, but but it, it, I think it witnesses to them. And, and you know what it does is they feel welcome in our home. They feel safe. Um, they don't feel afraid. And for many of them, that's not the case in their own homes or sometimes in their own homes, they don't feel that way. So um, I believe that a lot, us living in that way and inviting people into our lives can really speak to them. That's living by example. And we want to live a life above, above reproach and be consistent so that we don't endanger or avoid our testimony. And what I mean by that is um, sometimes there's great Christian leaders who have built incredible churches or incredible ministries, but they're not accountable in every area of their life. And sometimes they have hidden sin that comes to light. And while they maybe have witnessed to hundreds, sometimes thousands of people and have brought them to Jesus, that hidden sin and often it's sexual immorality or, or, or something that they have done can really kind of make the people question not just the leader's character, but also what they said in, in their testimony. And so why we need to live above reproach and be consistent is because um, as believers, we don't just represent ourselves. We represent the church. We represent Jesus. And sometimes when we fail, it doesn't just fall on us. It falls on the church. It might affect the way people think of Christians in general and how they, how they perceive God to be. So how do you become a good example or how do we become more like Jesus? In Romans 12 verses 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, by the things that we see, by the things that we do. That's how we become more and more like Christ. And really a good measurement for us to see if we're becoming more like Christ is, um, to me, is Galatians 5.23, where it lists the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. When the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our lives, people will be drawn to that. Isn't that right? Say that. When the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our lives, people will be drawn to that. So we reach out to others by being a good example. Now, the next point is we can reach out to others by doing good deeds. The Bible is clear that faith without action is dead and that we need to be doers of the word, not just hearers. If you want, could turn with me to Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. First book in the New Testament will be easy to find. 
and, uh, but it's also on your screen. And here it says, so Matthew 5, 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, what Jesus was referring to here is people who have sincere faith, but they're not living it out through generosity or service to others. They're like salt that has lost its saltiness or like a lamp that is hidden under a bowl. And Jesus is telling them that they need to live out their faith through good works, not, not religious performance, but through kindness and generosity. And so have you ever done a good deed for someone just not out of selfish motives, but just to be kind? Um, I remember when I was a teenager and I would go to the store, I would look for ways to be kind. Um, I would maybe carry, um, help an older lady carry her groceries or I would open the door for someone or pick something up that someone else had accidentally dropped or maybe let someone, um, a person in, in the checkout line in front of me because they were in a hurry or had a, had a small child. And I remember just... Um, Feeling, feeling happy that they were sometimes surprised at my kindness or that they were thanking me for what I had done. And um, that's what Jesus means. That's just a small example of letting our light shine for others to see, right? As Christians, we can really stand out um, by, by being kind, um, by being, being nice, by just displaying a, um, a, a different character than what people see in the world. And what they will see then is our good deeds, right? So our loving action toward others shines light in a dark world. And I think especially in this season, when we go out and people can't even see our smiles, we almost have, you know how when actors, when they're on a stage and they perform, they have to be much grander and they have to have bigger movements um, so that people in the audience and on camera can see that. And we almost have to be that nowadays when we go out. Our smiles have to be bigger. <laughs> our kindness has to be nicer. And because people are so withdrawn and separated and, and, and um, but we, we can really stand out as Christians by that. So what are some of those good deeds? Um, really, I think the list is endless, but it could be generosity, being generous with people, serving. There's so many different ways to serve others. Um, um, helping, helping a neighbor in need, helping a friend in need, helping a stranger. Being present, boy, that's a, that's a big one, right? Just being there for people, listening, taking the time, not being in a hurry, being interruptible, right? That even when you have better things to do, being present when someone needs you. Um, listening, that's a hard one for me, I'm a talker. <laughs> Compassionate care and uh, preferring the other over maybe our, ourselves, our own needs. And in, um, if you could turn to James um, chapter 2, verses 14 through 20, um, it's a passage that goes really, really well with, um, with the topic of reaching others by doing good deeds. It says, what good is it? Again, James um, chapter 2, verses, beginning in verses 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? 
Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Isn't that a great passage? As Christians, um, if we feel compassion but we don't do anything about it, it simply is not enough, right? I can feel all the compassion I want, but if there's no action, nothing will change. Now, I know that we can't all do something about every situation in our lives that stirs up compassion, but what we can do is ask the Lord in every situation if there's something that he wants us to do. And sometimes he will use someone else, right? But at, at other times, we are the person he wants to use through good deeds to bring change into a situation, into a person's life. And just a thought, sometimes people are so passionate about something and they keep wondering, why isn't anyone doing anything about this until they realize that God has given the, them the passion and sometimes the compassion because he wants them to do something about it, right? And that's really how some of our ministries here at Northwest Church have started. And I want to give a couple examples. Most of you know, or hopefully all of you, that we run a food pantry here every week. And, um, but I bet most of you don't know how the food pantry got started. And how it got started is we had a member at our church who at the time was a single mom with two girls um, who had a hard time, who was going through a hard time and um, knew what it was like to struggle to get food on the table, to have enough food for your family to eat. And, um, and when she realized that there were other people who were struggling in the same way, she went to Steve and Mary and asked if she could start a, a food pantry or a food ministry here at the church. And people, that was 27 years ago. <laughs> and we have been keeping this ministry alive through the generosity of people from our church that donate food and that donate their time and they donate money toward this ministry. But you know, it started because someone had compassion and didn't say, why isn't anyone doing anything about it? But she took action and, um, and, and we've seen the blessing of it. And the beautiful thing about our food pantry is that every little detail, I mean, she even would put tablecloths on the tables to make it more beautiful when people came to make, make them feel like we cared. Everything was set up beautiful. We weren't just... And to this day, we're not just handing out things, but there's loving care and, and, um, that, that we show through that ministry. And another ministry um, that is, has come out of someone's um, action and compassion is a new ministry that we'll be doing this year. It's a ministry to the homeless. And um, on August 28th, um, on a Saturday, we're going to have a... Um, medical mission type of ministry here um, at Northwest Church. We're hoping to be able to minister to 100, maybe 200 homeless from the federal area and we'll be providing medical care, dental care. We're going to hand out clothing and hygiene packs. We're going to offer them prayer and counseling. We're going to hand out a, a sack lunch for them. And I'm really hoping that our 
entire church will get involved one way or the other. And we're having the elementary kids put together the hygiene packs. I think they're competing with our youth, if I understand that right. Um, we're asking you to donate some clothing and there's more information on the website. But it was someone from our church who has been working with the homeless for years just out of her own heart of compassion on her own time with her own resources. And the Lord put it on her heart to ask us, Northwest Church, if we could partner with her and make this ministry bigger. And that's what we're doing. And again, it's, it's, it's love in action, right? It's someone who, is, who doesn't just have compassion, but is taking the next step. So compassion is not merely a feeling. It is the feeling that motivates us to do good deeds for others. So that's how we, we can reach others by doing good deeds, right? So we've talked about reaching others by, um, by um, just living by example and then by, by doing good deeds. And um, the next point I want to talk about is that we reach others by sharing good news. Now, the word gospel is found 99 times in the New American Standard Bible, which is, I think, the version most of us here use. And in the Greek New Testament, gospel is the translation of the Greek noun evangelion, meaning good news, and the verb evangeliso, meaning to bring or announce good news. And so what is the good news that we have to share? The good news that we need to share with others, and now listen carefully, is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried, raised from the dead on the third day, made himself known to his disciples and others, ascended into heaven, and is coming again. And through his death, we now have access to the Father and to eternal life. Right, and earlier I mentioned the Great Commission that Jesus commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The call is to reach absolutely everyone with the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? The call is to reach everyone. And so if you could turn with me to Romans 10, verses 13 through 15. Romans 10, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to find it on your phone or in the Bible on your lap. And we're going to read it. So Romans 10, starting beginning at verse 13. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Now, these verses make it clear that reaching people by good example and by good works alone is not enough. We need to share the good news verbally, right? We need to preach the gospel. And so people need to know what the good news is so that they have an opportunity to respond. And... Um, the fact that I'm even standing here preaching you today is, is, is because someone shared the good news with my mom 49 years ago. I'm not that old. My mom, my mom got, um, became a believer before she had me. Um, but I just want to share how, how my mom found Christ because it's such a beautiful testimony. So my mom was in her early 20s, newly separated from my dad, had a 18 months old and had to move back in with her parents. And she was working in a hospital and just was very broken, had, you know, come out of a bad marriage and um, had a bad relationship with her parents and, 
and um, really, really was kind of hopeless. And uh, there was this coworker in the hospital who other people called the crazy lady um, because she would just, she was a believer and she would just share her testimony with anyone who wanted to hear it and those who didn't want to hear it, my mom being one of them. And my mom said she really wasn't interested. And But one time she was, I don't know if, if being stuck in the lunchroom is the right word, but maybe that's what happened. They were having lunch together and this, um, this lady just shared how she met Jesus, um, how Jesus changed her life, how everything was different. And my mom said she wasn't interested, but something drew her something drew her to what that lady had to say. And so lunch was over and the lady gave her the four, a, a brochure with the four spiritual laws and my mom tucked it in her bag or purse. And that evening after she um, put my brother, who was 18 months at the time, to bed, you know, she she went to bed and, and was just thinking about her life and how terrible everything is. And then she kind of remi was reminded of that conversation and of that brochure. And so she took out the brochure and she read it and and then at the end she's like you know there's really only two two options here either my friend is crazy <laughs> and none of this is true or Jesus is real and he can change my life and so at the end it had that salvation prayer and so she prayed that salvation prayer and went to sleep and she said the next day when she woke up she her life she was different she felt a presence she had never felt she was suddenly aware of her sins she said before she always thought it was my you know everything of the failures were my dad's fault or my grandparents fault but she said i was aware of my sin and um and it changed her life um my parents briefly got got together for a brief time after that, and I was born, but it changed the trajectory of my life. I would not be here. I don't know where I would be if someone hadn't shared the love of Jesus, but it, you know, so, so we, that's, that's what we need to do. That's what we're called to do is, and, and how do you present the good news? Um, one of the ways is to share your personal testimony. That's what um, my mom's coworker did, right? How, what was your life like before you met Jesus? How did you meet Jesus? And what has changed in your life since you have surrendered your life to Jesus? And so uh, the verse that I read, Romans 10, at the end it says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Folks, how beautiful are our feet as we bring the good news of Jesus to the people that God puts in our path and or calls us to. Now, for some of us, that's our family, our neighbors, our co-workers. For some of us, that's a group of people that we minister to through our mission teams or ministries here at the church. For some of us, it's a people group in another country on the other side of the world, right? And we're all called to preach the good news. That's Jesus' command, not, not Sally or Joe or... Or, or John, and, and we pay for them and pray for them. <laughs> that rhymed, Ben, are you, are you, <laughs> are you proud of me? Um, but we're all called, we're all called um, to preach um, the good news. And so in that sense, we're all missionaries, right? We're all missionaries. And so my question is, who are you called to minister to? And um, we listed three ways of how we can reach out, right? We can reach out uh, to others by just living a, as a good example. We can reach out by doing good deeds and we can reach out by sharing good news. But really all three of those are important and work together, right? If all you ever do is lead an exemplary life, but never share the gospel, you're not fulfilling Jesus' command, 
right? And if the same, the same goes for doing good deeds, a lot of people or humanitarian organiza organizations do good deeds, right? They feed the poor, they provide clothing for those who need it, they, they provide shelter for the homeless, and those are good things, but that is not bringing the gospel of Jesus into the broken world unless it's combined with verbally sharing the good news. And on the other hand, if all you do is share good news with others, but you're leading a sinful life and never do one kind thing for another person, your words are really meaningless, right? So our lives have to reflect Christ that's living by good example as we do good deeds for people God puts in our path and as we share the gospel with those who are ready to hear and receive it. Amen. And so how do we know what method or avenue to use at any given time? I did not want to leave out the words Holy Spirit in this sermon because really the Holy Spirit is what combines it all, right? When we were dealing with my daughter's depression, it was really the Holy Spirit that was showing me what, what needed to be said or done at any given time. And that's when we reach out to people, right? Let the Holy Spirit lead you. We believe in divine appointments, right? Jesus, as we go to the store, talk to our neighbor, even here here at the church that God will bring someone in our path and then he will let us know what the right avenue is, how we can reach those people. Now, I, I was thinking of a, of a mission that kind of uses really all three of those areas. And um, I was reminded of our medical mission teams. Um, when we send our medical mission teams, you know, we, the team that we put together, we really look for people who are solid in their walk and who display the character of Christ. Because when we go, let's say to Africa, to a nation in Africa, um, we need to make sure that um, the team members are culturally sensitive, right? That they are patient, um, that they're kind, that they have good self-control even when the weather is ha hot and the food isn't what they would normally eat or when they get sick. So that's the first. They need to display good character. And then we, we do good deeds, right? We come and we provide medical care for them. We, we bring medication. We, we bring them vitamins and, and um, you know, show them how they can maybe get healthier, get better. But then we don't stop there. We share the gospel with them, right? We share um, the love of Jesus. And really we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? We pray for them for healing and God is faithful, but it, it uses all three. So whatever we do when we reach out to people, we need the Holy Spirit um, to show us what, what the best way is. And another thing I wanna add is sometimes out of our personalities or character, we lean toward one, right? I'm the type I love um, living as a good example and loving people into the kingdom. <laughs> but God is always challenging me that that can't be the only way. And some of you might be servant-hearted, like that you could, you could help others all day long, cook meals for them. And, um, and then there are some who just are evangelists. No matter who they meet, they will share their testimony. They will, they will share Jesus. But I really believe that God is challenging us into all three areas, right? That we need to be examples. We need to do good deeds, but we also need to share the good news. And so um, I want to finish by telling you how you can join us in reaching out through Northwest Church. So um, just a few of the mission opportunities that we have. I've mentioned some. So here at Northwest Church, we love missions. And it's really um, Pastor Steve and Mary that came in with a missionary heart when they became pastors. And now we have Pastor Ben who is carrying that torch <laughs> 
riot, um, he took the torch from them and he's carrying it. We are a mission-focused church. And we reached out locally through some regular ministries such, such as our food pantry, our Christmas toy drive. Um, but we do have a focus um, here, here in missions, and that is to reach out to at-risk youth and children with family-induced trauma. And I think it's good to have a focus. We do a lot of things and we want to do, but sometimes it's good to kind of focus on a specific area because then you can really reach more and, and do more. And so... What we do is we have several ministries geared toward that. And two that I want to highlight today is our Royal Family Kids Camp and our Teen Reach Adventure Camp, because those are camps we're going to start recruiting for them and they're going to be coming up. And so we've taken hundreds of foster children between the ages of 6 to 11 to a one-week camp in the summer for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hundreds of children. And seven years ago, we added Teen Reach Adventure Camp, which really is for those kids who have grown graduated from Royal Family Kids Camp. They're too old to attend Royal Family Kids Camp. So those are ages 12 to 15 and also from the foster care system. And these kids um, from Pierce County, King County, really from all the neighboring counties, they have been abused, abandoned, and neglected most of their lives. And at camp, they get to have fun. They experience that they're valued and loved. They learn new skills. And really, seeds are sown as they hear Bible stories, testimonies from counselors, and sing songs about God's love. And so this year, due to COVID, we're only able to do a one-day camp um, for, for the kids. But you know what? If God created the world, he did amazing thing in, things in one day. Um, he can do amazing things in the life of those kids, even if we just have a day for them. So we are in need of volunteers um, for, for both of those camps. So it's really three camps, a track for boys, track for girls, and then Royal Family Kids Camp. And we're asking for a three-day commitment from, from the volunteers, a setup day, the actual camp day, day and then a tear, um, tear down and debrief day. But we need counselors, support staff, prayer pa partners, administrators, people who like to have fun and people who are great with kids. Um, and so if you are interested in that, if that kind of tugs at your heartstrings and you want to know more, we have an info meeting coming up for Royal Family Kids Camp next Sunday at 2 p.m., February 21st, and a week later, February 28th for track. And we, we really, we do need volunteers. We want to give those kids the best one-day camp they have ever had. And then another team I want to highlight, which is really a totally different arena, is our summer mission teams. And we've been doing those for over 20 years. And what's really neat about summer mission is, is that we take the skills that God have given, has given us and some of the finances that God has blessed our church with, and we go to another church for one week and we help them remodel, rebuild, um, reconstruct <laughs> and their building to make it more efficient, nicer, um, safer for them to do outreach into their community. And this year we're partnering with our very own Northwest Church Edgewood campus. Um, if you've been to, to the church, there's a lot that needs to be done and we need people, we need skilled people. If you have experience in drywall, painting, landscaping, general construction, flooring, if you know how to dig or move heavy things, if you're an electrician or plumber, we need you. But you know what? If you're not any of those things, we want you anyways because we're also looking for people who are just have a willing heart and are ready to serve in whatever capacity 
um, they're asked to do so. So um, if you're interested in that, the dates are in July and we're going to have an info meeting on Sunday, March 7th. Now I've bombarded you with all this information, but it's all on our website. So if you go to our Northwest um, NWC4Square.org website and you click on either missions or events, you'll find all those things that I listed, including the home mission outreach that I talked about. And then I just want you guys to know that internationally we support, we've sent missionaries who are still in the field. We continue to pray for them. We con I continue to have Zoom calls with them and, and meet with them that way. Um, but we also support other, other missionaries. And it's, it's so amazing to know what God is doing around the world um, through missions. Um, and we hear that through our missionaries. So those are all opportunities. And I would love to see you get involved so that we can reach out together, right? We want to be a church that reaches out. We want to reach up in prayer, but we want to be a church that reaches out. And so I want to close um, with, with this. Isaiah 6 verse 8 says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Let me read that again. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you that we are a church that is reaching out. Lord, and there are many ways to do so. And Lord, you don't pick special people. <laughs> you, you choose anybody and everybody who says, Lord, here I am, send me. And so I just pray that as we talked about all the different ways that we can reach out to people, Lord, that you would speak to us personally, Lord, all it takes for us to say, I'm ready, Lord, send me. And you will put a passion in our heart for something specific. You will bring people on our path that we can minister to. And so I pray that as we say yes to being sent, Lord, that you will show us how we can reach out. So tonight, that's, what, that's our desire, Lord, um, to do that. And so we thank you for that, Jesus, that you are a God who has commanded us to go and preach the good news to everyone, Lord, all creation everywhere. Thank you for that, Jesus. In your precious name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Ignite Global Ministries, please go to our website, igniteglobalministries.org. While there, check out our Immersion Discipleship School and the books Pastor Ben has written.